Why, you didn't record all that gold when I talked about my dead dad and how hard it is to buy a house? Boo earns. shocking turn of events we have breaking news featuring kanye west that is right kanye west now quote likes jewish people again end quote thanks to jonah hill and 21 jump street thank you jonah hill i love you give that the pause that it deserves And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is Henry. And my name's I Am Going Deathcon 3 on Jonah Hill John. And together we're Henry and going Defcon 3 on Jonah Hill John, coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order in order in order in order to protect the world from Kanye West. Now, Jonah Hill has a lot to answer for. Firstly, he's the first man to bring a a camera into the therapist's office, breaking the first and most fundamental rule of therapy, a therapist can never be filmed. Yes, much like a vampire, they're not supposed to have reflections. That way, they only reflect you and what you tell them. (laughs) That's true. They are a mirror of you, in a way. I thought Stutz was, um, I don't know. For some reason, it didn't sit right with me. Stutz? Yeah, it's a Jonah Hill documentary about his relationship with a very famous Hollywood uh, therapist named Something Something Stutz. I've never seen it, nor have I ever seen 21 Jump Street, but... Mm-hmm. Kanye West posted a photo of the 2012 film's poster to Instagram alongside a caption that read, Watching Jonah Hill in 21 Jump Street made me like Jewish people again. <laughs> I, uh, I I really love that. Now, uh, I'm going to put all my cards on the table. Yes. I love Jewish people. And I probably like them more than other people. If I watch 21 Jump Street, would I become <laughs> too into Jewish people? Yes, you would go from a distant admirer to casual and yet creepy stalker oh no would jewish people be like my bts 
I suppose I suppose they would become like your BTS behind the synagogue. <laughs> oh no! Meet me, BTS, <laughs> winky face. Oh no! Uh, yeah, maybe I'll never watch it then because, like I said, I already like Jewish people way too much. Yeah. To continue his Instagram post, because of course it was more than one line long. Uh, Mr. West writes, no one should take anger against one or two individuals and transform that into hatred towards millions of innocent people. I, uh, I appreciate him learning. Uh, my God, is he mentally ill? <laughs> um, really get somebody in there for Kanye, for Kanye's I, sake, please. I want to put on my professor's shoulder pads elbow pads <laughs> <laughs> both okay they're decked out like they're about to play in the xfl um let us break down what mr kanye west is saying uh with the context that previously kanye west went defcon 5 against all jewish people i believe right? it was deathcon 3 on all in capital letters jewish people <laughs> which is to say he went on a Twitter tirade uh, with just full of anti-Semitism in a in a very public fashion. Yeah, not in his defense, but it, it does color this a little bit to so, uh, to say that this did happen during a period of like really there there was a lot of anti-Semitism happening during that like two months. It was really stark. It was really like, weird too. It was like seemingly, the full moon was out or something. Yeah, seemingly came out of nowhere, and all the racists turned into racist werewolves. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the worst, the worst kind. Um, but what 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 Mr. West is seemingly saying is that he, apparently this anti-Semitism streak that he displayed resulted from anger against one or two individuals that then transformed into hatred towards millions of innocent people. Okay. So he's uh, admitting he had hatred for millions of innocent people because of one or two individuals and that wasn't right can we agree and that's what he's saying that is what he's saying i gotta say though i i don't want to paint this in a the way that he behaved or what he's copping to is uh that unusual i think a lot of people do that oh you know i think a lot of average people have like one bad interaction with one kind of person like huh i guess all of that kind of person is bad and it's why uh, upon like integration or at least getting to know one or two individuals from a a group can help sort of just this 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 break up that hate because it doesn't stand up to their worldview now because they've met people of of that group that aren't absolutely monsters, right? Yeah, and I'm saying like a lot of people do end up feeling that way, but what he's expressing to be clear is like toddler level right. empathy for other human beings. Like it is a, it is a, a very simple conclusion that I think most people come to. Now, I think you I think you do have to be a relatively rotten kind a rotten or ignorant kind of person to have that real hatred for millions of people that he's admitting to. Right. Um, But the premise of his statement is that maybe he had one or two individuals that he did not like. And so he just extend expanded that to all of Jewish kind. However, is he now saying that the reverse can be true because it took the love of one Jewish individual, Jonah Hill (laughs) to turn his hatred into acceptance 
intolerance for millions of people. I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think maybe the actual issue here is maybe what's behind these two outbursts. Um, it might be, but what he's seemingly saying is that he hated one or two individuals, then expended that hate, expended, expanded that hate into millions of people, but he likes Jonah Hill. Yeah, <laughs> one, or, one or two people drove him to blow up his entire platform, give one of the only interviews with Alex Jones where Alex Jones is uncomfortable, in which he says he likes Hitler. A feat, uh, and a feat unto itself. Really special. Uh, and then, based on one person, he's like, no, I love Jewish people, and I hate <laughs> Hitler now. Yeah, I'm going to walk that back, because I watched the 2012 seminal hit, 21 Jump Street. Um, Mr. West continues to say that no Christian can be labeled anti-Semite knowing Jesus. This is going to be hard for me to say. No Christian can be labeled anti-Semite knowing Jesus. Jesus is Jew. Uh-huh. I mean, I... Wait, hold on. I, there, there are two ways you could take that. The, <laughs> he the was... fir- there are two ways you could take that. The first of which is, I, I think maybe what he means, or what my first read is, is that no one who calls themselves Christian... No one who is a Christian could be an anti-Semite. If you're a Christian and you're an anti-Semite, it's uh, an, it's an oxymoron and you're just an anti-Semite. Uh, <laughs> really. Like, uh, also, I, I think, like, you can't really be Christian if you have hate in your heart for people. Absolutely. Uh, that, I'll, I'll agree with that second part. The first part is confusing. I'm just saying, like, if you are a Christian and an anti-Semite, you're just an anti-Semite. Oh, you're no okay, longer a Christian. right, right. But then the second part of the sentence, <laughs> knowing Jesus is Jew? Yes. I, I think what he's trying to say is you can't call yourself a Christian if you're an anti-Semite because Jesus was a Jew. I guess. Um, but but kind of what it sounds like is if you are Christian, you can't be called an anti-Semite because <laughs> Jesus was a Jew. I mean, the can be labeled in that sentence is doing mm. a lot of work. Yeah, that is that is fair. Maybe maybe I gave too charitable of a read to it. Yeah, um, we'll shrug and move on. The ending statement is, thank you, Jonah Hill, I love you. And what just a positive note to start this episode on. The war on Jewish kind is over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Deathcon 3 has been downgraded to a Deathcon 0. Right. There is no more emergency or heightened state because of 21 Jump Street, a movie apparently starring Jonah Hill, directed by, wait for it, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Jesus, they oh, did a, it again. It's a Lord and you know, Lord and Miller can change people's opinions about everything. And you know, I want I want to be clear on this podcast. I'm an open book. Henry knows that. I had hate in my heart, true hate, a true non-Christian hate for every Spider-Man from every alternate universe. <laughs> However, one Lord and Miller production changed that forever. Now I, I like them. Twenty ninety nine. I like you, Noir. I like you. Yeah. I, I have to ask the question now because we followed this trail through using logic and facts, mm, Ben Shapiro style. 
are Phil Lord and Chris Miller the most powerful directors on the planet? They may be. I mean, <laughs> they got Kanye West to change his his opinion. Yeah, on the Jewish people. They uh they they successfully uh I mean honestly try to think of a director who's done more. I uh, may may maybe um Steven Spielberg of Schindler's List might have. I, I don't know. Highlighted the the just the the very personal and and deep issue of World War Two. Yeah, but did he convince Kanye West? Did he convince I, a hip hop artist who put out one objectively <laughs> perfect album and the rest of his albums are uh, pretty good <laughs> at worst? Um, you know what? He did not do that. He did yeah, not. I don't think did. Kanye West has ever talked about any of steven spielberg's work i think uh kanye gets to the point in schindler's list where ray Fiennes is looking at his pudgy little belly in the mirror and he turns it off he's like i can't see voldemort brought to this <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> he's like look i've renounced my love of hitler but please don't make me give up voldemort i've already lost so much i can't denounce voldemort <laughs> Oh my god, Kanye, by the way, would 100% be a Death Eater. <laughs> yeah, but like he'd show up and he'd be like, why is everybody hissing? Yeah. That's he, weird. He wouldn't get it, is yeah. the problem. He'd be like, well, I saw the thing in the sky, aren't we supposed to be like secret? Like, what the hell? Yeah, well, he would speak truth in that, in that at least. Um, I don't remember, there's a guy called like Rat Tail, Worm Tail? Yeah. Worm Tongue? No, 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 okay. I... I was embarrassed by this. Worm tongue is from Lord of the Rings. Worm yes. tail is from Harry Potter. You know, two gotta say, get better representation for characters with worm in their name. Yeah, I mean, there's a Grey Worm from Game of Thrones. Ah, uh, Grey cool. Worm's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, two wrongs don't make a right, though. <laughs> or two, true, one right doesn't correct two wrongs i need one more good worm oh the worms from dune very smart very <laughs> the powerful very the iconic the the iconic worms from dune oh no he's on his iconic <laughs> i hey listen i know a lot of people are like going this taylor swift show or whatever i'm in my iconic doom wor dune worm era yeah yeah the eras tour taylor swift is currently on a tear through the nation, leaving no one, no survivors. Is uh, Taylor Swift shy halud? I think she can float, so maybe. Maybe. Uh, you know, I, I gotta rewatch that dude movie. I feel like we never talked about the beverages we're drinking. We, we've we been skipping over it lately. Um, a fact I know, because I've been drinking the same stuff uh, for a while. But if you want to get into it tonight, John, feel free. Free. I mean, I have very little to talk about, so I might as well uh, talk about the beers we're drinking, because I'm drinking uh, big news, huge, huge news. news. We are out of wedding beer. Whoa. Uh, so the they wedding beer. They all exploded beer, at once. <laughs> well, here's what I think happened. The wedding beer sat in a hot van for a long time, and I think it actually got skunked. Oh, uh, which I'm, is I'm sorry to hear that, but why maybe it it's for the better. Then I had maybe 12 cans left of Pearl Snap, and they were sitting in the garage for a long time, and I tried to drink one, and it tasted disgusting, so we are out of wedding beer. That's just how Pearl Snap tastes, really. 
Yeah, I, I don't think it's a good beer. I really thought uh, it would be the right choice. People like the hazy IPA, though. It was good. <clears throat> but uh, tonight I am drinking the uh, I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel by Voodoo Brewing Company out of <laughs> guess where? Oh, where, where, they're from uh, Colorado, aren't they? Uh, actually, Meadville, Pennsylvania. Oh, I got that completely wrong. Really thought it was a New Orleans thing since they're called Voodoo Brewing Company. I was thinking of Voodoo Ranger. Oh, they are good though, aren't they? Yeah, Voodoo Brewing Company is completely different. Pennsylvania? That's weird. I know it is weird, but uh, I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel. Sharp-eared listeners might think, is that a reference to Pee-wee's Big Adventure or to the seminal Midwest emo band, The Get Up Kids? And I will be the first to tell you, and I have the pleasure to tell you, listener, it is both. Uh, because yes, it is the robots embracing from the cover of the Get Up Kids, nothing to write home about, but they are dressed like Dottie and Pee Wee from the movie. These voodoo brewing company people don't miss a trick. So they've got you covered. And this there's, tastes pretty good. There's some real heads. For sure. And I'm drinking a little more local, but not as local as you might think, John. Oh. In the uh, the the Texas small town of Houston, there lies right off of one, well, maybe it's, I think it's still I-10. Right off of I-10, there's a little brewery company called St. Arnold. Is, wait, when they say Houston, is that what they mean by H-Town? I have no idea. Such as H-Town hotties or booties from Houston? Um, the jury is out on that. I don't know. I, I listen, I understand. I know nothing of these strange lands. I know nothing of these strange lands for being born in Scotland. Uh, I'm drinking a German style Springbok, uh, from St. Arnold, the patron saint of brewers. Uh, oh, there's actually some really great copy on the back. Oh, a, wait, a Springbok actually sounds delicious. It's the perfect season for a Springbok, John. I I think a Bach might actually be kind of like a perfect beer for spring, but people typically associate Bachs with fall. It's very light on the tongue, I'll say that. It is a little bready, but it's a light bread, kind of like a tortilla? I don't know. <laughs> it, it tastes a bit <laughs> like, a, if, on the tongue, perhaps an H-E-B butter tortilla. Yes. Uh, so, I'm just going to read some copy. As Bishop of Metz, St. Arnold spent his life warning of the dangers of drinking water and extolling the virtues of beer. During his funeral, his pallbearers stopped to quench their thirst, but they only had one mug to share among them. Then a miracle happened. The mug never ran dry, and all mourners were satisfied. Oh my god, that's incredible. Unfortunately, I, I'm, I'm down with St. Arnold. Yeah, unfortunately, that the uh, that miracle does not extend to their product. I often run out of it, and that excommunicate him. <laughs> yes, no, make him no longer a saint. Replace him with the dog-headed version of Saint Christopher, um, or the man made of steel. Saint Christopher, gotta say, of the saints, one of the craziest backstories. Uh, if I were to give you a beer recommendation, Saint Arnold actually makes this really low ABV summertime ale called lawnmower oh Uh, it is truly the most refreshing beer on the planet it is 
It is the best. It's like 3% ABV, so it's got the alcohol content of a Bud Light, but it's so tasty and refreshing. I should have looked that for that rather than uh, for my second beer of the night. I am having a St. Arnold's Rich and Robust Tarnation. Ooh, a very good for this unseasonably warm end of March. Yes, unreasonably strong ale. It is a 9.0 alcohol by volume. <laughs> And it comes with its own warning labor. La- la- <laughs> it, it, it comes with a warning of labor. It comes with its own labor of warning. Uh, I'm. Don't be offended, anybody, but I'm going to affect an accent for this copy. Okay. Easy, partner. This ain't no run-of-the-mill ale you're holding in your hand. Matter of fact, this here bottle just so happens to contain the most rootin' tootin' strong ale this side of the Guadalupe. It's rich, it's malty, and it's doggone tasty, if we do say so ourselves. Yep, this one's so good, you'll be asking, what in tarnation? It's pretty good copy. That's pretty good copy. And you know what's better than the copy, John? It's the beer. This is one of the tastiest, like, mainstream beers I've had in quite some time. I brought this home to my dad, who drank it, and I swear to God, he slapped me in the face and said, what in tarnation? Oh, you know, that's just, uh, it's, it's the marketing working. No, it's the marketing being accurate. Yeah, that's, that's accuracy you can trust. Wait, that's marketing you can accuracy trust. Perfect. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel, uh, is delicious. It's also 9%. Awesome. We, we are getting are, lit tonight. We are in our cups, as they say. Yeah, so, uh, transition. <laughs> the news is bad. Uh, <laughs> Transition. The news. The news is not good. The zeitgeist is very haunted lately with bad stories, dark tides, and just a swirling of chaotic energy that, if looked directly into, will stare directly back into your soul and leave you changed. So, in light of that, all of th- these are facts. In light of those facts, uh, we're not going to look at the happenings right now. Instead, I searched through what I could to find a little shining light in the darkness who uh, uh, at least one individual and more later that definitely deserves our attention at this time. I am very down for a shining light. I would like to make two quick statements that if you agree with, we will discuss no further as far as the official stance of the podcast goes. Uh, and that is gun control is the only answer and drag hurts no one, you weird pervert cowards. I ratify this movement wholeheartedly. I second, we ratify, we, 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 it is, it is now law. Gun control is the only answer. Drag has never hurt anyone in ever I, i've never even heard of like a drag queen killer it doesn't seem to be a drag thing. has only hurt people who hurt themselves during very ambitious dead drops but that's yeah. about it and some people do get hurt uh in the drag race but mm, only yeah, but in pursuit of perfection absolutely as in all races crashes are inevitable yes uh but tonight i want to shine a little light in the darkness on one Nebraska state senator who has been fighting a battle for the past three to four weeks all on her own. She has help now, but she started out on her own. Her name is Senator. Oh, I should have practiced this beforehand. Oh, no. 
Her Send name it is in the chat, and I'll give it a try too. Yeah, I, I think the last name is Kavanaugh, but the first name I think might be Brett M- Mashala. Hmm. I instead of copying, I Google searched <laughs> because I'm very good at the computer. Hold on, it's in the chat. Uh, maybe Michaela Kavanaugh. Michaela Kavanaugh. I like that read. I hope that's what it is. Uh, listen, I'll look it up, but I think it's maybe Michaela. Uh, the article I'm about to read from was published by the Associate Press, written by Marjorie A. Beck. Uh, it's a, I mean, they do good work, so I'm just going to read their intro. We can talk through this. Uh, feel free to interrupt me at any time. It was a mundane, unanimously supported bill on liquor taxation that saw State Senator Michaela Kavanaugh take to the mic on the Nebraska legislator floor last week. She offered her support, then spent the next three days discussing everything but the bill, including her favorite Girl Scout cookies, Omaha's best donuts, and the plot of the animated movie Madagascar. Oh my god, I love this already, and I I kind of maybe understand what's happening. She also spent that time railing against an unrelated bill that would outlaw gender-affirming therapies Mm. for those 18 and younger. It was the advancement of the bill out of committee that led Kavanaugh to promise three weeks ago to filibuster every bill that comes before the legislator this year, even the ones she supports. Yes. Uh, She is quoted as saying, if this legislator collectively decides that legislating hate against children is our priority, then I am going to make it painful, painful for everyone. This is so fucking good. I will burn the session to the ground over this bill. That is amazing. Uh, So to catch people up, Nebraska, a state legislator has a bill being pushed forward in advancement that would make a legal gender affirming care for people under 18 in the state of Nebraska. Uh, it is a bill that is called, I believe, let them grow mm-hmm. uh, because all mm-hmm. bills have weird arbitrary names that are very dumb. Yes. In response to this advancement of the bill, she has been filibustering every, just everything for the past three to four weeks, including a week straight where she had strep throat. She still continued to talk unabated to catch people up who might not know to filibuster. This is the traditional sense of the word, meaning for eight hours straight a day, she is on the mic talking and not seating the floor mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the eight hour day. The, the person in charge, I, the speaker of the house, if you will, um, notes that she has the, the floor And then on the next day, they note that she has the floor, that there cannot be any transference of the floor by the policies, the the book of rules that we've modeled our entire uh, legislative branch after. I love this so dearly, only because I am part of the uh, roughly 50% of America that has had the filibuster weaponized against us time and time again. And I think that the only path forward short of abolishing the filibuster is to use it as a weapon. Absolutely. <laughs> like it's the only path forward. Like the only thing that keeps people from filibustering 
everything and getting their way or getting it abolished, because those are the only two outcomes, is decorum. And we're still the only side that believes in decorum, so why not use it as a weapon? And more, (laughs) I feel like what's more important to to highlight here is that at the federal level, they have gotten the... um, the state of the filibuster is just it's, it's just completely bunk. They can just vote on whether or not to filibuster. If they the vote passes, then the bill cannot be brought to the floor and they move on. Yes. Which is completely stupid. If you want to filibuster, we do it fucking old school style. Yes, Get up you, there and talk you for have eight to, hours a day. You have to do a shoe leather filibuster or I guess a mouth leather filibuster where you actually take control of the floor unceasing. Yeah. Uh, Because, yeah, if you ever stop talking, if you ever cede your time on the floor, then they're just going to move on and ignore everything you've done. It it is definitely, I will stand here and talk until you change your mind. And we we don't have to talk about the bill. I can read children's books. I can read the plot of the B movie. I can do whatever I want. I, I, I really want there to be like some kind of, what's the longest, uh, what's the longest piece of fan fiction ever written? Like, can we send things in to her to read? Uh, there's the, yeah, the longest fan fiction ever. I think it's called Brawl in the Family. It is a Super Smash Brothers fan fiction that is like, I don't know, 500,000 words long. Incredible. Yes, please. Yeah, I, I don't know if we can send things in. Uh, let's see. I mean, probably not. Uh, but anything, anything to keep her filibustering would make me happy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she is getting support now. Um, but just to cover more of it, uh, only 26 bills have advanced from the first of three rounds of debate required to pass a bill in Nebraska. There would normally be two to three times that number by mid-March. Uh, clerk of the court, what's his name? Brandon Meltz- Metzler said, um, but only three bills have advanced in the last three weeks since Kavanaugh began her bill blockade. The Nebraska bill and, and another that would ban trans people from using bathrooms and locker rooms or playing sports on t- sports teams that don't align with the gender listed on their birth certificates are among roughly 150 bills targeting transgender people that have been introduced in state legislators state legislators this year. Bans on gender affirming care for minors has already been enacted this year in some Republican led states, including South Dakota and Utah. And Republican governors in Tennessee and Mississippi are expected to sign similar bans into law. Okay, that's just sad. It's uh, just Ka- stating the the unfortunate state of affairs that we find yeah. ourselves in. Yeah, Kavanaugh's effort has drawn the gratitude of the LGBTQ community, said Abby Swatsworth, executive director of LGBTQ advocacy. Adv- advocacy? Advocacy? Yeah. That word's wrong. <laughs> advocacy group out Nebraska. Uh, The organization has been encouraging members and others to inundate state lawmakers with calls and emails to support Kavanaugh's effort and oppose bills targeting transgender people. Uh, We really see it as a heroic effort. Swatsworth said of the filibuster, it is extremely meaningful when an ally does more than pay lip service to allyship. She is really leading this charge. I mean, really, I think that last part kind of says something that we could all think about is like 
I love trans people and have them in my family. Uh, given the opportunity, would I speak unceasingly for days on end to protect their rights? I would like to think that I would. Right. Well, I, I think, honestly, what I am so proud of in this story, even taking a step back from the context, we have an, an actual elected official who is is literally defending rights this is maybe the most fantastical element of this in its entirety is an elected official is actually standing up for people right i it's so refreshing to see someone just in this current day of age where we're just honestly losing rights left and right um actually try to defend like no we have access to something people have access to something today let's not take it away that's so fucking refreshing (laughs) yeah and i don't mean this to come off in the wrong way but like if you're an elected official and you're not some kind of spineless worm once again we need better representation for worms or i wouldn't have said that but if you're an elected official and you see that your constituents and your fellow American people are having their rights stripped away and their lives made worse. Like you need to use weapons to defend that. And I don't mean guns or swords or billy clubs, but like you can't just not use the tools you've got for the sake of decorum or your career, like an insane amount of respect for this woman for doing this because this is a, I mean, I, I think what would stop someone from doing this in the local legislature other than uh, cowardice is the almost certainty that if you did something this brave, it would totally sink your career. But guess what? This is probably great for her career. I mean, honestly, she's picking up a lot of support, maybe from demographics she probably who feel disenfranchised and maybe wouldn't vote. Turns um, out people fucking like it when you fight for their rights. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I'm one of those people. <laughs> I'm one of these people who, I don't know, grew up in America and saw the Bill of Rights and thought maybe we should expand that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> having more rights can only be good. Yeah. You know, everyone loved the Bill of Rights so much. We talk about it for, you know, the equivalent of months in our liberal arts education so maybe it's good to have more of those or hell at least keep the ones we have right let's let's not be too hasty to sign away our rights like for health care in one of the most vulnerable positions a young woman of any age can find themselves like do you think it do you think it would be awesome to be in the history books being as being oh these people had their hand on the tiller when those rights went away is that cool is yeah. that how you want to die this Knowing is the- you were at the helm when it happened this is the list of the people who actively voted away certain rights for American citizens. Yeah, it's like feels like you're on the wrong side of history if you're actively taking away freedoms in the quote unquote land of the free. I mean, I know every every single debate about this goes to the most simplistic uh most archetypical scenario of like the good German fallacy, right? It's like, 
I don't think most of the people in Nazi Germany, like, wanted what happened to happen, but they were afraid for their livelihoods and their careers and their families. And they had their hand on the tiller when everything went wrong. But, like, we have our hand on the tiller now, and things are starting to go wrong, so do something. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, if all the politicians in the world love to say, like, oh, yeah, I was inspired by Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Well, what is that movie about? It's about Jimmy Stewart fighting for Boy Scouts to get a park. Yeah. I mean, he's taking a stand on something that he believes in, and he filibusters. And he uses the filibuster just like Kavanaugh is doing today in order to make his point and get people to change their minds. It's about someone doing something unusual and heroic. And I think the world would be a lot better if people woke up every day wanting to do something unusual and heroic. Right. In a positive way. Yeah. I mean, not if you're like an idiot. Yeah, or like 90% of our politicians. Yeah, they're all idiots. Um, So unfortunately, despite her efforts, the bill was voted to advance. But in doing so, uh, Michaela Kavanaugh got some support in the form of Democratic State Senator Megan Hunt. Megan Hunt? Uh, She has vowed to similarly filibuster every bill for the rest of the legislative session after the Nebraska legislator advanced a bill that would ban gender-affirming care for people under 19. And she has a ton of great sound bites. She is a soundbite machine. Oh, I'm reading some quotes from her here, and she is on fire. Yeah, she she honestly, one of my favorite politicians right now is Megan Hunt. Uh, She... Starts out explaining that my son is trans, she said of her 12-year-old child, and this bill, colleagues, is such an affront to me personally and would violate my rights to parent my child in the in Nebraska. If this bill passes, all your bills are on the chopping block and the bridge is burned. Very good. We have made it clear that this is the line in the sand. <laughs> She just keeps going. She's like, people have said, what if we go after your bills? What if we put a bunch of bills introduced by progressives up on the agenda? Are you going to filibuster those too? Yes, because we're not like you, she explained. We have a principle and a value that actually matters that much to us that we're willing to stand up for. Oh my God, that's incredible. (laughs) You really don't get it, Hunt said to Republican State Senator R. Brad Von Gilner. <laughs> oh boy, that sounds like a person who's never uh, hit someone with their car. <laughs> yeah. She ex- she continues, you've crossed a line and you've gone too far. Don't say hi to me in the hall. Don't ask me how my weekend was. Don't walk by my desk and ask me anything. Don't send me Christmas cards. Take me off the this list. This is it. This no is one- it. <laughs> No one in the world holds a grudge like me, and no one in the world cares less about being petty than me. I don't care. I don't like you. This is it. (laughs) I know the, the state that we are in, I am not kidding you, this is the tack. This is the discourse. It really is. Yep. Because we've been being softly killed by other people as part of the GOP grand project since the 80s. We don't have to like you. Yeah. 
Absolutely. There, like, there's no, oh, there's a professional courtesy. There's no professional courtesy when one side literally doesn't want certain individuals to exist. There's no decorum when you're trying to kill us. Right. There there just isn't. I I, I was reading uh, briefly a story of how they're uh, trying to like edge Kavanaugh out and change rules. And Kavanaugh, of course, said, until you have dismantled the entire rule book page by page, line by line, I will find a way. Incredible. Amazing. Yes. So we've got a super team here in Nebraska. We've got Senator Megan Hunt and Senator Michaela Kavanaugh together creating the super team with, uh, I think, two other senators have thrown in their support. Um, where do they go? Oh, state senators Danielle Conrad and Jen Day also joined the team in filibustering all legislation. So we've got a super team of four state senators uh, just holding up everything. And, you know, good for them. I hope they can keep this going. Like, because honestly... This is how you use the system against itself to protect the rights that people should inherently have by being born. But I mean, we say this like it's some revelation, right? Like you can use the system to make lo- people's lives a living hell to get your way. That has been a tool in the toolkit of the GOP for decades. Absolutely, yeah. If we just haven't done it, because we assume that there's this world where we can all return to this calm, bipartisan, decorum, quorum situation. That's not happening. We we have reached the fuck you era of local American politics, and we should embrace it. Because we're not going to go back only from a fuck you era of American politics. Can we get to peace I truly believe that. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, I think one of the reasons why we don't see this being used more by like the Democratic side, at least at the federal level, is because, well, if things get passed or if things don't get passed for a large majority of our career politicians, their day to day does not change. Yeah. They they still get the same talking points. They still get to come from a a position of, of being powerless in the face of the system. And so we don't see them pushing hard like this. Uh, I, I don't think state senators care too much about the status quo. They honestly are impassioned by the things that will help their constituents. I'm being a little too altruistic here, but it's like they actually give a damn. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will say that maybe your Michaela Kavanaugh's are, uh, somewhat unusual because I, I think that with any legislature you run into like a real like cog in the machine dilemma where everyone feels like they can't do much and they maybe have like two strong ideological lines that they want to vote along because they think it'll help their constituents. But I think for the most part, I mean, if you end up in a state legislature, like you've had to work basically your entire life i mean literally to to end up in washington dc you not only need to work extremely hard all of your life you also need to be hilariously lucky so for those people to end up in the state legislature they are people who worked phenomenally hard and got lucky but not as lucky as the dc folks did they're very smart 
very, for the most part, I think to themselves, well-meaning people. So like, who wants to rock that boat? (laughs) Who wants to rock the boat for something you've worked your entire life for? But you should. You have a responsibility. (laughs) You really do. Yeah. If you're not protecting the rights of the people who put you where you are, what are you doing? Are you just lining your own pockets? Are you somehow becoming millionaires overnight, even though you shouldn't? But like, it happened and we can see it and it's public information. Yeah. If, if you're in a state legislature, you're probably pretty wealthy. I mean, you're making over six figures a year in most states. But like, I don't know. I I feel like, you know, the shut up and dribble kind of <laughs> line of thinking with people who have a platform. Like if you have a platform, you shouldn't do that. You should just do your thing, which I think categorically we disagree with. Right. I think you have to admit that if you have any kind of reach or power, you have a responsibility to people. Like there are cultures that are very dissimilar from American culture. Uh, In fact, a a number of Muslim cultures believe that your worth (laughs) is directly tied to how much good you did for your people, like your family, your constituents, anyone who depended on you, that is actually the measure of your worth. And if you have power, you have an obligation to be good to people and not just get a paycheck and have a spouse who gets into quote unquote real estate (laughs) uh, or quote unquote venture capital and just make a bunch of money. Like you, you can't get elected to public office and just sit on your laurels because no one wants to be in the history book being the Senator from Nebraska who did nothing. Right. I mean, honestly, I don't know what kind of book that would be, right? Like people who had the, the, the position to do something, but didn't, yeah, I mean, Weekly. look look at people like uh, like AOC, right? Like it, it's tough to think of someone that is like more like alive in the public consciousness for being opinionated than AOC. Two hundred years from now, if the <laughs> if the United States is still around or we're still talking about it, someone like AOC will absolutely not even be mentioned in a history textbook. Oh yes. Yeah. Because she's done very little and yeah. she's, she's, she has a great social media presence and does a very good job of speaking up for things, but has done very little. You gotta do Mr. Smith goes to Washington shit to end up in history books. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, sure. Having a great social media presence is great. Bringing awareness things to great is great, but like, you gotta get stuff done. You gotta, yeah. Or in, in lieu of getting stuff done, gets getting stuff done. You gotta you gotta make a very public and dedicated effort to try to get things done, or yeah. at least gear up the works, gum up the works enough that it becomes national news. Now everybody's talking about it. Now there's outside pressure on everyone else to maybe like, oh, maybe we should walk this back a little bit, huh? Yeah. No, I I think. I think maybe in our elected representatives who have social media presences, I could do with a little less serving and a little more serving your country, right? Huh? Is that anything? Can I put that on a shirt? Yeah, maybe. I don't... uh, Who knows? Shit. I mean, I don't want... To be clear, I don't want less serving. I I do love an elected official who can serve, but I also want them to serve their country. (laughs) (laughs) 
less serving than more serving your country. <laughs> I want, uh, I want, it's giving me life and it's giving me rights. <laughs> right. Okay. It's, ask not what your country can serve to you. <laughs> ask what you can serving your country. I don't know how the verb works. No, it's fine. You got it. You nailed it. Yeah. I, I, gone are the days where I can believe in an elected official unless they do pull us a, a cool sexy stunt like this <laughs> yes no uh, a cool sexy stunt of using I like in a, you if you do something crazy right the, the cool sexy stunt of using a tool of like a hundred centuries old tool that was there all along <laughs> to <laughs> raise awareness of something that people care about i mean just the bare minimum of your job i guess yeah i uh I remember the first time I learned about the filibuster in school, I was like, why wouldn't people just filibuster everything? Right. All of the time. I honestly, I feel like I would filibuster to just try out stand-up stand up material. Also, I, I think, uh, <laughs> just do your tight five over and over again. Do, yeah, do my tight five, make notes, then like uh, immediately launch into it again to see if the laughs are different. <laughs> I, I would walk up to the, uh, yeah, you know, you'd refine it over the eight hours. Yeah, yeah. I would, uh, honestly, and maybe this is just my podcaster's instinct, I'd love the opportunity to talk for eight hours unbroken <laughs> in front of a room of people who are seething with hatred or just want to go home. Uh, I'd get up there and be like, I now present to you no exit, and I will be playing all parts uh, and then you just do a whole play for them. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. It would you like, just I will... read your uh, your favorite plays. Don't read any David Mamets because they have the F word in them. Or, <laughs> I'm sorry, the F slur. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's different. Yeah, David Mamet. Problematic. Problematic. Um, yeah, just get up there and be like, all right, this is the novelization of the documentary Exit Through the Gift Shop. <laughs> we oh, don't. If someone filibustered by reading uh, novelizations of famous movies, it would be truly the best. Uh, I, I didn't have anything prepared today, so uh, I stopped at a pharmacy and picked up a dime store romance novel that I will now read aloud for the session to hear. <laughs> it would be what if someone okay so this is like uh this is a this is me screenwriting someone's like i didn't have anything to um i didn't have anything prepared so i just grabbed a book from my uh nephew's bookcase that i have access to for some reason and uh, this is robert jordan's the wheel of time <laughs> uh, and people are so mad for the first 32 hours but by the end they're like weeping they're so invested <laughs> right Right. They're like, wow, it really is one of the greatest slow burns in fiction. Oh, oh, no. We're going about this all the wrong way. Because that, yes, maybe they would gain empathy and emotions over time. But we need to threaten these people. We need to make it like dire consequences. So for that reason, I will be reading from... A Game of Thrones, and by the time I'm done, you will be caught up, and you too will have to wait for the winds of winter. <laughs> okay, this would actually be kind of perfect. The entire house is gathered. Uh, the, the, the nation 
gripped in Last of Us fervor. <laughs> he said, I am going to read the entire plot of The Last of Us Part Two. Right. The game's Until been out. Give, <laughs> the game's been out for three years. And I'm going to spoil two to three years worth of television for you. Yeah. Because the first series, very faithful. <laughs> Just so you're aware, other senators, very faithful. <laughs> so with, unless with, you yeah. give me my way, I'm going to spoil three years of television for you. We've had no indications that they're going to deviate. In fact, here's an email I wrote to <laughs> Neil Dreckman. <laughs> Here is, first, I will read my lengthy correspondence <laughs> with Neil Dreckman. The first half, we discuss the faithfulness of the television show. In the second half, we talk about his strange but admirable love for the Austin, Texas band, The Black Angels. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. This is to create credence in that the uh, second and third seasons will adhere strictly, uh, if not with a couple of artistic liberalities, to the plot of the video game. <laughs> yes. Who can say what uh, secrets and delights await you, but the overall arc of the story will be ruined for you. <laughs> you must change your life. <laughs> <laughs> And every, then every senator like stands up like trans people are people now. We've all decided. <laughs> I yeah, if it were me, every every time before my filibuster session ended, I would just end it wherever I am, stop where I am, just look up from what I'm reading right into the I don't know, the eyes of everyone and just go, You must change your life. <laughs> you must change your life. I do not cede my time. Good night. <laughs> I do not cede my yeah. Absolutely. Because um, I feel like repetition is the key here. Can we somehow hypnotize? Yes. <laughs> Can we use the filibuster to subtly hypnotize an unwilling crowd? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there is evidence stating that if you structure your sentences in such a way, you can influence people's decisions. Right. Like, uh, if you give someone, I don't know, a cup of tea or a hamburger or something... <laughs> And you say, enjoy, they're actually more likely to enjoy it. Right, yeah. Or like in the hit movie, Now You See Me, Woody Harrelson's character is a very famous hypnotist who can, using just subtle, subtle words, put people to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> what if uh, What if you come and you're like, uh, for today's filibuster, which is of course what you say, uh, I'd like to welcome my uh, filibuster guest, David Copperfield, <laughs> who is going to make the entire unicameral <laughs> legislature disappear. I mean, honestly, I feel like they would, maybe witches are banned. Maybe no, It is witch Nebraska. Witchcraft is such an old problem in the in the Midwest. How it's, close? I guess it depends on the state. But if you had old school filibuster, how close could you get to producing an entire sketch show <laughs> over eight hours? You're like, I have a series of sketches performed. I have a musical guest. I have a host. <laughs> right. Well, I, I think only one person can talk at a time, so it would have to. It would be very disjointed. Um, you'd be like, I now cede my time to the musical guest. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I now cede my time to David Hater. <laughs> David Stefan. 
you yeah. Um, please, if you'll come up, say your line, and then cede your time back to me, so I can then cede my the time I have to the next person who is speaking, and in this way, we will recreate a simulacrum of dialogue. <laughs> yes, and then uh, I will cede my time to Bad Bunny. <laughs> Bad Bunny will perform and cede his time to me. Uh. <laughs> Like every t- every time I hear Bad Bunny, I can only think of his role in Bullet Train. <laughs> I've never seen Bullet Train. It's very good. It's a very good show. I might very... watch it tonight, but we've been watching Swarm. What's Swarm? It's a um, Apple TV or Amazon. I don't remember, but it's a Donald Glover directed uh, kind of. It's like a psychological thriller series about fans, particularly fans of Beyonce. Uh, it's pretty good. Okay. Not to get detracted, uh, cause we have not wrapped up our discussion. Yes. Uh, to wrap up our discussion though, uh, look, this is one of the most important battles being fought today, uh, because it involves human rights. It's, um, to quote, who said this, uh, to quote a tweet by Senator Megan Hunt, this hateful bill is not about policy. It is a basic human rights issue. And that I agree wholly with uh this is just the ongoing battle for human rights these just happen to be uh this the most recent four warriors on the most recent battleground and the ongoing battle and i wish these four state senators of nebraska all the best and long happy uh this is gonna sound uh a bit weird but you'll get where i'm coming from uh hydrated throats yeah Long, happy. The throats are long, happy, and hydrated. Yeah. Uh, I I do want to say, like, quick aside, if we are making this point, it currently the the battles being fought in a number of states, uh, states that are more metastasized on the issue, are actually to the point of taking away health care from children or anyone who have a different gender identity than the one they were assigned at birth. And in a number of states, they're actually uh, passing bills specifically to ban people from performing in the other gender's clothes while children are present looking at you, Texas. Uh, These two things, yes, they they have a common theme in that they are uh, rooted in a hatred of trans people and drag performers all of this rooted pretty deeply in the rights hatred of and desire to kill queer people in general or people uh, outside the gender binary who or just aren't cis but i think the most important thing to keep in mind and why this sucks and why this is so important is because these are actually attempts that are pretty unique to take your rights away. And I know that everyone talks about how their rights are being taken away, but it has not happened in this explicit of a way in a long time. And if this happens, it's gonna get really bad Because we, as Americans, haven't made a point of explicitly taking our rights away. And I, once again, it's really easy to, like, give up the fight on this. 
But if you let people know they can just straight up take your rights away whole cloth, it's going to get much worse. Absolutely. I I couldn't put it better myself. Yeah, It's crazy that people don't realize what a big deal this is. They're like, oh, it's just people being homophobes. It's like, no. It has been, it is very unusual for the American government to legally remove your rights. Yeah. And, and, and it is going to lead directly into fascism. I I know people are like, well, that's slipper, slippery slopeism and stuff like that. But I mean, there's precedence, there's historical precedence for stuff like this. I mean, yes, an ostracized group gets their rights taken away, but then soon after that and i know it's just the most prevalent example i can point to but then literal nazis happen i mean it's it's just literally in the fascism playbook even umberto echo who is uh you know love him dearly name of the rose he's kind of just an old man screaming a cloud but even his very basic definition of what a fascist government is an essential part is taking away rights and freedoms from marginalized groups with the ultimate intention of killing them will we get to state-sponsored genocide i truly don't think so because i don't think anyone could live if they were that pessimistic but This is unusual and very worrying. And if it passes and becomes like a thing nationwide, leave. Yeah. Because that that is your your first red flag on a serious downhill trip to Nazism. Absolutely. And I I truly mean that. Yeah. I mean, and we I'd... just bought a house. Imagine how upset we are about it. <laughs> no, it's it's every time like an abortion ban is is passed, and people on Facebook are like cheering about. Finally, you know, it, it's here. It's like I've never seen people actively cheer for freedoms to be taken away. Yeah, no, I mean, those people are um, whatever. I've had a nine percent beer. Those people are morons. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest I, with you, even those if you. Those people are morons who don't understand any political context outside of their own viewpoints, and they are right. the people uh, who will march you into a camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if you'll never get one, even if you don't agree with it, even if it goes against your religion, that doesn't mean it should be taken away. Yeah. It, it, Just because ugh. something doesn't agree with your personal politics does not mean it shouldn't be a right. Yeah, like it's 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 just true. Uh, I I promised myself going into this that I would not get overly negative. So these are just data points that I have collected. Uh, if this starts to like become a serious thing, maybe the thing about your options. I don't know. I'm not saying that there are better countries out there, but there might be better countries out there. I mean. France threatened to raise the retirement age by two years and the entire city of Paris went on strike. I mean, I got to say, we've been planning a trip to a couple different European capitals. Pretty cheap over there. Really good public transit. Yeah. And uh, whenever people... cities. Whenever... Listen, move to Germany. Get three months of vacation every year. Oh my God, please. 
It's great. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. Uh, how do we not have more rights in the land of the free? How do we, how is workers' rights not a thing? I'm just so. Uh, I mean, I broken my, up. Do you do you want my genuine opinion? Yeah, what's up? Uh, I think that America is a very successful country economically, uh, in part because we are the most successfully indoctrinated country on earth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I think that we are part of a uh, semi-fascist, semi-dictatorship that is getting worse every day, uh, and that we have very effective propaganda that we swallow every day that forms our lives. Oh, I'm going to work out in my garage gym with my fucking come and take it and my pow Mia flags, even though uh, I ha- I'm getting my rights stripped away every day. And as a straight cis white person, I don't feel it. <laughs> but the but the kind of person I am, which is to say American, is suffering every day, but I'm fine. I want my black rifle coffee. I want my stupid patriotism. We suck. Yeah. We're so susceptible to marketing. It is sad. <laughs> I mean Americans get great marketing and we're happy again. Yep. We're happy again. The podcast is happy again, and I, I didn't get upset about the politics that I said I wasn't going to get upset about. <laughs> right. That was just a blip. It's a glitch, honestly. It's an audio glitch. Yeah. Uh, editing is weird. Very weird. But keep up the good fight for state senators whose names I've said tonight, one of which is Michaela Kavanaugh, who I'm saying just because it's in the chat right there, and I can see it. Um, I think the other one's name was Megan Hunt. I know these people's names, and if but you, I also am now. If you, if you can support them, or if you're listening to this and you're a member of a state legislature, take their take their lead. Do yeah, it. Yeah, take their lead. Filibuster on anything, even if you have nothing to disagree. Just filibuster things now. Just stop letting people pass shit. Just grind the entire country to a halt until we get the things we deserve. Like, I don't know, workers' rights or universal health care or just movement. uh, This is me getting on my soapbox now. Just things that improve the middle class and the working class's life so that we're not so gosh darn dependent on our monthly paycheck, our week-to-week paycheck. The next paycheck that's going to like just keep the machine of pain going. Let's alleviate some of the stressors of life so that when people threaten to make us work longer, we can afford to strike. (laughs) We, if you are in any kind of position of power, stop giving all power and mobility to upper middle class parasites who live in the suburbs. He says being uh, now, unfortunately, an upper middle class parasite who is moving to the suburbs. But stop being nice to us. Yeah, Be nice to people who live in the cities and are lower to middle class. We've had it too good for too long, John. I mean, as long as I don't have any rights taken away, which once again, I don't want that for anybody. But as long as I don't have any rights taken away, I have enough. (laughs) Give things to other people. I move through the world largely unencumbered. And you know what? I, I had this weird realization where I was like, you know, uh, I don't know if this will be the case in Austin forever, but I'm kind of comfortable enough that I could like live out the rest of my days and not have like, I could have like one kid. So like, 
I think everyone should be at that level. Bring everyone up to this level where they're just comfortable and could live forever. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm de- stressing about that. I don't feel like I could uh, live. But yeah, bring everyone up to at least a level where they're like, well, if I just get one more raise, maybe that'll be enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Every Yeah, that's how everyone uh, that's how everyone feels. Middle class, baby. Middle class. We exist. But not for long. <laughs> that's, pretty much, that's pretty much it. Die middle class, leave a middle class course. <laughs> Die middle class, leave a house in the suburbs. Yeah. And a sensible car. Right. Yeah. A car that you paid off and you're not ever going to buy a new car because you've paid off this one. It and that's good sense. enough. <laughs> just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Why buy a new one? Get a new car note? Who does that serve? Who's going to buy a new stove? Not me. Oh, no. We wanna, God. Yeah. <laughs> Houses suck, man. They do. They do. Phones suck, dude. Like, I've had this phone for two years, and now it's like, it does, the charge doesn't last a day. It's like, oh, I should upgrade. That'll be $900. Yeah. Just do what I do. I, I've enjoyed my, and this is a recommendation to anyone listening to the podcast. I have had an existing phone scheme for years, and it always works. Oh, tell me. Tell, educate everyone who's listening. Every two or three years, or after you've dropped your phone enough that it is so broken that it leaves shards of glass in your finger when you use it, just buy whatever refurbished phone is about $300. Okay. You know what? They're like two to three years old, and they're perfectly fine. There's pretty much much nothing on a phone that is resource-intensive enough to need the newest phone. Good advice, to be it, honest. It's it's what I've been doing, and I highly recommend it. Also, if anyone out there can drive a rapidly ailing 2010 <laughs> Honda Fit uh, that your wife refuses to ride in because it feels, quote-unquote, unsafe. Oh, no. Uh, that's another money-saving tip from John. Oh. And I think on that last money-saving tip... Uh, I think it's time to just to bring this week's light in the darkness to a close. And may there be more lights in the future shine brightly on. And uh, hopefully this storm will break soon. Yes, hopefully the uh, the next time we convene, it will be, I was going to say, at the eye of the storm or the calm before the storm. Uh, and that's not what we want. We want there to be no storm at all. You know, we just re we watched the extended editions of all the Lord of the Rings movies. I've never actually seen the extended. Oh, they're so uh, good. They're actually way better movies. They're way uh, better movies. I, I always thought it would just be like some extraneous no. kind of director's cut fluff. No. Not only does it explain so much more about the universe that ties in so much more neatly, but also great Mary and Pippin content. So much great Mary and Pippin content. And honestly, just you really understand Boromir more. No, the Boromir, Faramir, Denethor thing. Yeah. Yeah. That whole triangle, like barely exists in the theatrical cut and it's a crime. Boromir, uh, one of the greatest tragic characters of literature. Uh, Faramir, maybe even more so. Uh, I always thought that when reading Lord of the Rings, I thought the movies never did it justice. But man, uh, extended editions do that whole scene with Saruman. Saruman just straight up gets stabbed to death by Wormtongue. Totally not in the books, but uh, 
but very enjoyable. He shoots like a fireball. Cannot recommend the extended edition, extended editions of Lord of the Rings yeah. enough. Don't watch The Hobbit. But if I, you... Well, well, oh. I, to just one comment. I used to not like Lord of the Rings, and then my wife sat me down and made me watch the extended version of them. And I was like, these are great movies. Why? What What was my fucking problem? I was wrong for so many years. Watch the extended cut of The Lord of the Rings. My whole argument, uh, as someone who really likes The Lord of the Rings books as a kid, and The Hobbit, I'm a real head, never really finished The Silmarillion. Uh, my entire argument is that they're uh, kind of over blown theatrical like over violent blockbuster movies in that they miss a lot of the 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 gentleness and emotional weight that J.R.R. Tolkien really uh effortlessly communicated in the Lord of the Rings the extended editions totally nail that yeah uh, Peter Jackson good director but things had to be left on the cutting room floor that I feel add a ton to those movies Absolutely. And now Pippin find those big uh, kegs of weed (laughs) and all that. Oh, man. Uh, Also, got to say, I don't know why the uh, final 30 minutes of both Two Towers and Return of the King. I'm just sobbing the entire time, like from the from the point where the Ents start attacking Isengard sobbing. So good. So great. Uh, And then, man, entire like final final battle in return of the king so good oh just the fact that they're fighting a battle just for the sake of distraction like they yeah they honestly for, for don't frodo man for yeah. frodo they uh they honestly don't expect to, to walk away from that battle if they go to honest. their death for yeah. frodo it's so good it's it's an, it is Frodo, who they had maybe one or two conversations with, and <laughs> yeah, Frodo, who should honestly only be calling Aragorn uh, Strider because he doesn't know his real name. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, also gotta say, really bold of them in the extended editions. People give Return of the King a lot of shit because that's a movie that ends four times, right? Uh, and then then the extended edition, like, no, <laughs> it ends five times. Let's add one more ending just for fun. Uh, Anyway, if you have strong feelings about the Lord of the Rings extended editions or the Hobbit, did they ever make extended editions of the Hobbit? I feel like it was extended enough. If you know what I mean, turning one children's book into three movies, Uh, you can reach out to us with those hot takes on, can I do the social media reads? Are, Are we there yet? Yeah, we're there. Okay. If you want to do whatever the fuck I just said, uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. Stumbled on the the announcer's W, but that stands for Henry. It looks like there aren't many great matches for your search. Try using words that might appear on the page you're looking for. For example, cake recipes instead of how to make a cake. That's right. And if you want to send us a big, long email, uh, you can send it to our big, long email address that we have not figured out. We really got to set up a meeting to go over this. Uh, But you can send us an email too. Zero credits is a podcast at gmail.com. That's right. Gmail, home of Google's mail. We are on most, if not all, 
not all, most podcast services, Good Pods, Podchaser, Snot Stitcher, uh, Spotify, the worst podcast listening experience, and they pay their artists nothing. Well, they pay their artists very little, and their podcasters literally nothing, unless you're Joe Rogan. Uh, Apple Music, if I haven't said it before, one of the best ways for people to find out Oh, I'm losing it. One of the best ways for people to find out about the podcast is for you to leave a rating or a review on these things. Spotify, maybe they have a 42 featured machine learning algorithm to tell you how danceable that King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard song is. So I should hope that their algorithm, at least one of the features is how many people like our show and would recommend it to other people get recommended a lot of jamie loftus podcasts that were really good so get us in that algorithm but you know what's even better than the algorithm that's uh you know a long time ago to be honest people on the internet would call real life meat space because they were real cool uh quick aside uh the metaverse is like nothing right like oh our future is a dead mall uh, I mean, I watched that whole video and it didn't tell me anything new in that every metaverse thing is just trying to do what Second Life did, but worse. Yeah. Uh, and Second enjoyable Life, to watch, though. Second Life was, <laughs> gotta say, the intro to that Folding Ideas video showing the quotes <laughs> out of context file followed by the unofficial AMC in Decentraland. Yeah. <laughs> you could put that in a museum for the entire cultural moment. That was our uh, NFTs, the metaverse and crypto. Yep. Uh, real art. P- people would call real life, quote unquote, meat space. And, you know, they, people would disparage the real world. But I'm here to tell you, the real world's pretty good. It's got a couple things in it. First of all, it's got Olive Garden. Secondly, uh, it's got lovemaking. Uh, thirdly, it's got, uh, uh, delicious clarified butter and beer for you to eat and drink, uh, up to you, which, and maybe fourth of all, it has you recommending this podcast to all your friends and allies, uh, and enemies that you wish to have die while listening to this podcast. That's right. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So please tell people about this podcast in real life, because then wouldn't it be fucking nice to have someone in your life that you had one goddamn thing in common with? Aren't you tired of showing up to dinner parties or parties in general? There doesn't have to be dinner, and there almost never is. Aren't you tired of showing up to parties and you have nothing in common with people? Oh, I work at the company that makes manhole covers. Oh, I work at a company that makes suicide vests. It's you don't you can't talk about anything anymore. At least you could talk about the podcast and Robert Jordan's first Wheel of Time book. And from everyone here at the completely repaired windows and soon to be moved into our new house studios, we want to wish you the happiest of weeks. I'm going to be so echoey next week. It's not even going to be funny. Uh, Yeah, you're going to have nothing set up. It's going to be a grand time. Bear with us during this transition. 
And uh, I, John, we're on the road to 300 episodes. On the road to 300 in which nothing occurs. Nothing will change. There will not be a new song. I will not get a bingo square. But we will see you there when the time comes. Maybe we'll have something planned. Maybe probably not. Life is so hard. Please let me live. Uh, but for now, we just want to say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Please let me live. Please let me live. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm so tired all the time now.